Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the BHITB podcast. I'm your host, Dante Fortson. Uh, today's show is going to get pretty interesting. Teo joins me again. We're going to talk about the Edomites and the synagogue of Satan. So the conversation should get real interesting. But before we get into that, just a couple of announcements. Make sure you go to um, the BlackHistoryInTheBible.com website and sign up on the mailing list so you can get the free book, Pre-Slavery Christianity. It was never the white man's religion. Tons of insights in there about um, Christianity before we were slaves. Uh, a lot of people use that as a um, arguing point, saying if we weren't slaves, we wouldn't have been Christians. That is not true. Uh, Christianity was in Africa long before uh, the Romans and everybody else accepted it. Uh, second, iTunes and Google Play Music. If you want to listen to the podcast on uh, iTunes or Google Play Music, you can do that now. Well, for a few weeks now. Just go over to the um, podcast page on BlackHistoryInTheBible.com, and there are links there to how you can listen to the stream without having to go on YouTube or um, Blog Talk Radio or any other places. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the show now. Uh, Tay, are you with me? Yeah. Hey, Dante. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Doing good today. Great. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So let's. Let's start off with the Edomites. Um, for those who don't know who the Edomites are, uh, they are the descendants of Esau, Jacob's twin brother. So let's just get right to the heart of this debate. So in the Old Testament, Esau, um, he was born to Jacob, who we believe is a black man. He had a black brother, Jacob, Israel. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, black let me back up. Isaac. He was born to Isaac, who we believe is a black man. He had a brother, Jacob, who we believe is a black man. And then he married the black daughters of Ishmael and lived in Africa just as long as Israel. So at what point um, do people believe that the, the Edomites transitioned from all this intermixing with black people to being Caucasian white? Or, or is that what they believe at all? Well, you know, some people say that Edom is the white man, but I, I always have to qualify that as some white men are Edom. And so uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, well, how can they be white if Jacob was black? How can they, you know, if you all are the true Israelites, how can these Ashkenazi Jews, these fake Jews, be uh, Edom? And so, which is a valid question, okay? Now, so in order to determine that, you have to look at history, right? And you also have to figure out, well, at what time did everyone turn white? When when did they turn white? Because we see in the scriptures that, you know, like I say, you know, white folks don't get mad at me, but when you look at in the scriptures, being white was a curse, Okay, and, you know, they, they became, if you look at the scriptures, leprous, right, which which means they, you know, they, what we call vitiligo today is what a lot of people ended up becoming. And so then you have like Gehazi, Gehazi was cursed, and Gehazi and his descendants forever were going to be white, right? So even there we see that somewhere down the road people started becoming white, right? And so, and we can validate that, um being white is a curse because white people cannot stay in the sun for too long, right? Black folks can stay out in the sun all day. 
So, granted, I'm not trying to make no racial thing here. I'm, I'm just listing facts, okay? So what happened is um, at some point in time in history, Esau became a white person. And so when you get to the stories in the Bible and you get to the stories of the pseudepigraphia, like Jubilees, Jasher, things like that, we start the picture starts to open up. And we start to see uh, how Zepho, who's one of the sons of Esau, he became a, a general, right, in the, in the Kittim army, right? And, and if you do your research, you'll find out that Kittim is wrong. And Zepho became so, so great a conqueror that the people made him king over the islands of Italia. This is in Jubilees. All right, now, um, right before I jump into Zepho, uh, for those that don't know uh, what he's talking about, where uh, white skin is using the curse, you can go to Second Kings 5 and find the story of Gehazi and how he was cursed to have white skin, him and his family forever. And then also the event in Numbers 12 with Miriam, where she is cursed to have white skin for a week because of um, her confrontation with Moses over his uh, Cushite wife. Uh, so let's come back to Zepho. Now, I know a lot of the camps refer to Zepho, and I've been somewhat studying Zepho a little more recently as I'm getting back over to Esau from some of the other stuff I was working on. Now, the teaching of the Bible is that you are what your father is. So if, these, uh, if Zepho and his people went over there mixing with Rome, would all of them now be considered Esau, or would some of them be considered Gentiles if they had Gentile fathers? And how can we know the difference if they look similar? Well, see, that's the thing. I don't like the Bible talks about uh, you know Satan coming and sowing uh, tares amongst the wheat, and the tares look so much like the wheat that you can't tell the difference. And I believe that's what Esau has done. If you look at who we call the white man, right? And, you know, I'm not, you know, that's a term that Americans really come up with, with the whole colorism thing. But uh, a lot of them end up taking over the cultures that they conquer, right? So uh, so then over time, you can't tell who's who. And, and, and so, like, when you start doing the research, you'll find out, even like with a lot of the Turkish people, in my opinion, are descendants of Edom. Right, they're Edomites, and so they're not necessarily Ishmaelites, and so uh, you got this whole thing where Esau will blend in with those nations and control those nations and rule those nations, and and and, and so one thing I want to I want to read right quick, and this is uh, from Modern Judaism, a brief account of the opinions, tradition, rites, and ceremonies of Jews in modern times. Right now, this is what they believe, right? Which it doesn't fit them. And this, it says Esau's descendants are the subjects of extensive traditions in which the rabbis, with an effrontery at which we should wonder in any other men, have set a defiance all authentic history and accurate chronology. These representations, the fallacy of which will be too obvious to require being pointed out, may be briefly comprised under the following heads. First, that the descendants of Esau, the sworn enemies of the descendants of Jacob, even to the end of the world, were at first a small nation inhabiting Mount Seir in the adjacent country, contiguous to the land of Canaan. 
that they were easily confined within their own limits as long as the Israelites enjoyed a great and formidable empire in Canaan. But that after the powerful republic of the 12 tribes was destroyed by the Assyrians and Babylonians, they wonderfully increased in numbers and strength, extended their dominion towards the west, spread their colonies far and wide, subjugated Italy, founded Rome, and the Roman Empire. A length entirely overturned the Jewish state, which had been restored after the termination of the Babylonian captivity, the second temple being destroyed by Titus Vespasian, and that in the present day professing the religion of Jesus of Nazareth, which they were the first of all nations to embrace. They hold the dominion over all Europe. Esau detaining in captivity his brother Jacob, at least as far as regards the tribe of Judah, till his Messiah ben David shall appear. Secondly, that the prophecies of the prophets against Esau, Edom, Seir, and the cities of Edom, especially those of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Obadiah, have not yet received their full accomplishment. For though the house of Esau has experienced some particular judgments of God on account of the injuries at different periods of time they inflicted on Israel, yet the final vengeance on account of the last and greatest injury, the destruction of the second temple by Titus and the transportation of the Jews into captivity, in which they are still most laboriously detained and yet impending over it to be executed in the time of the Messiah. So, this is from the fake Jews, right? And so the question is, when were they in captivity? I'm of the opinion, like, you know, as we learn about our history and what happened to our people in Europe, that you had those converts, right, along with our people, right? Um, we were living in, uh, in Europe, you know, in the Netherlands and London and things like that, and w and we've read in some of our shows how, uh, they went into one of the synagogues in London, and they saw a bunch of black men, right, in the synagogue. So there was a relationship there. And we can even go back in the Bible where we see that Herod was an Edomite, and Herod ruled Israel. So the true Jews and, and the Edomites were living amongst each other and had the same religion or similar religion, right? And, and that, that may account, too, for some of the influence of idolatry because of Esau. So um, even the fake Jews believe that Rome, right, is Esau, but they don't, but they, they you know, today under the brainwashing and the conditioning uh, of their own people, now they be, they've come to believe that they're the true Israelites. I think right here they knew who we were back then, and they made the distinction back then of who we were because they know they haven't been in captivity. And so that's why even in the Bible when you see uh, – where the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, they say, well, you know, uh, and I believe it was the Pharisees, they say, well, you know, we've never been in captivity to no man. Well, how could that be, right? How could they have never been in captivity when we know the Babylonian, the Syrian captivity, but yet they were descendants of Abraham, right? And so we see that Esau ha has been mingled among Israel for a long time and, and has gotten a hand, hand over it over Israel for a long time, and they have been chasing us down forever. Now, I I agree um, with what you're saying because even outside of the historic, outside of the historical part of what you're saying, um, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that I'm starting to realize that 
not only does it apply to ancient history, but as we have a saying around the world, history repeats itself. And I do want to read a, um, a small section out of Obadiah 113, uh, because you did bring up uh, the slavery part. And Obadiah 113 is interesting because it's going to lead into the next part of our conversation about uh, Esau and the slave trade. So in Obadiah 113, it says, Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity, Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on in their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Neither should thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape. Neither should thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. And so it seems that Esau played a part in the slavery of Israel. Um, in Obadiah 1, this is about uh, the Edomites. Um, so now when Esau plays this role in slavery, it seems more so as somebody else doing the enslaving and them helping. When we look at the slave trade and we find out the Ashkenazi are behind the slave trade, do you believe that there is any link between, um, any solid link between Esau and the Ashkenazi, and if there is that link, do you believe that that is why they financed the slave trade, to get us out of Africa and as far away from Israel as possible so they could take it? Well, you know, I'm not sure if you're going to find that definitive proof where, you know, but there's some documentation, and I haven't validated it yet, where uh, even in uh, their own encyclopedia, uh, they state that they were Esau, Right. And so then over time, something changed. And so then, you know, if we go back in history, you know, I did a show about Egypt and about how Egypt, uh, under, you know, when, when uh, Joseph was ruling and then when he died and, and, and then, you know, they saw that uh, Israel was growing too big, that they started persecuting them. I, I did a study on uh, the Assyrian and who, that, who the Assyrian was. And I make the point that the Assyrian was uh, King Macmaron, right, who was the king of Canaan. Now, the interesting thing is, what I didn't see at the time, which, you know, after talking to uh, one of our listeners, Mike B., we started having a discussion about Jasher, because at first I thought Jasher did not fit what Jubilees was saying. But Jasher talked about Zepho and the Edomites, how they invaded Egypt, right? And they and they made an alliance with a king out of Africa, and they started attacking Egypt and overthrew Egypt. Lo and behold, what did I find out in history? You have the Hyksos. The Hyksos conquered Egypt around the same time that this was supposed to occur. Some scholars believe that the Hyksos were Edomites. Now, here's the other thing. We know that the king of Canaan, of the land of Canaan, King Macmaron, you know, he, he, he was called the Assyrian because he lived in the land of Assyria, but he was the king of Canaan. Now, where did, where was uh, Edom at, right? Where, where was, um, uh, you know, uh, Esau and them born? Where was his sons born? Genesis 36 verse 5 says, and and, and, and I'm, I'm gonna mess up these names, but okay. But and Alabama, Bear, Jehus, and Jelam, and Korah, 
These are the sons of Esau, which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. Right? So we know that these sons were born in the land of Canaan. We know that Esau had a huge tribe, right? We see that when uh, Jacob confronted his brother and, his, and Esau's, uh, his, his family was bigger. His nation was bigger than, than Jacob's. And so uh, we can make the, the, the comparison that this king, Macmoron, was a descendant of Esau, right? Because he was the king of Canaan, and, and we know that he had a huge empire, right? So these are the things I'm stepping towards. So as far as the Ashkenaz, the Ashkenaz are descendants of uh, Ashkenaz, right? And we know he's a Gentile, which means he's, he's a descendant of Japheth. But as we saw, even in in uh, uh, what the what the fake Jews believe that Rome is Esau, and so th- Rome controlled Germany. It controlled what we call today England. It controlled the Netherlands. It con- you know the whole Roman Empire, right? So uh, like you were saying, they stay behind the scenes, influencing these other countries that they've invaded. Yeah, and I, I was I was really looking at that in in context of the slave trade recently um after finding i believe uh it was on your channel that it was pointed out that or something you said led me to uh that slave trade oh it was on um it was in the group that's what it was the facebook group where the um evidence was posted in the late 1400s that the portuguese had deported um the black jews down to sao tome and uh gabon and the western coast of Africa, and then we find out that, of course, uh, the Americans did the dirty work, the the enslaving part, but the Ashkenazi financed everything. So, like you said, they were behind the scenes influencing us all, and they had a lot of the African tribes round us up because they knew who we were. So it seems to be a multinational conspiracy that may not have happened had had the Ashkenazi not been behind the financing of the slave trade. So let's kind of move forward a little bit let me let me figure out how to ask this okay so the limbo were tested for dna and it comes back that their dna is more of a solid match uh to the levitical line than any of the ashkenazi jews and me and you have had a discussion behind the scenes about this um do you all right let me let me say this without it being inflammatory to everybody listening So the Bible talks about the synagogue of Satan. This is a two-part question. Do you believe that the Ashkenazi are the synagogue of Satan? And if they are the synagogue of Satan, do you believe that the DNA, um, having similar DNA to Hebrews is the reason they can get away with the deception right now? So, yes, I do believe they are the synagogue of Satan, no doubt about it. Because uh, the Bible says, I know the blasphemy of them who say they are Jews and are not, right? So they're the ones claiming to be Jews, and they are not, okay? We can prove this biblically. We can prove this scripturally. We can prove this historically, right, that they are not the people of the book. Even their own people say that they are not the people of the book. If you read, uh, you know, Sfomo Sands' book, if you, uh, what's the other guy? Um, uh, Arthur Kessler. Yeah, Arthur Kessler, you know, I mean, their own people know that they are not the people of the book, right? DNA shows they're not the people of the land. Their own highly advanced 
scientist Elhai Elhak states that they only have European DNA, right? So um, now, as far as the Limbo tribe and their DNA, and in comparison uh, to the Ashkenaz, right? I, I think you know you might find a speck in there, right? Because uh, you know everybody's mixed with everybody. Right, but you you don't really find the descendants of the Africans, right? Who are the true Israelites? You don't see that in them, right? And so, uh, in my opinion, um, they are that tear sown amongst the wheat, which is, you know, uh, and, and they serve Satan, right? We can see, like, even with the um, the uh, the rise of Satanism and the influence of pedophilia and all this stuff and homosexuality, this is driven by the false Jews. Now, some some Jews are going to say, well, we don't have nothing to do with this, right, the fake Jews I'm talking about. They're going to say, well, we don't have nothing to do with the satanic stuff and all this. Well, say, well, y'all follow the Kambala, which is witchcraft, right? Y'all follow the Talmud, right, which is, which is uh, you know, blaspheme my Lord, right? So, so you know, I don't care how you slice it, you're a part of that line. Now, you can be saved. Now, I know some of our uh, Hebrew Israelite brothers disagree with that, right? But you can be saved if you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So uh, these fake Jews, uh, the Bible says about the Gentiles, right, that, uh, you know, the Gentiles shall come unto you saying, you know, we've inherited lies and things where there is no profit. So there is a lie that they believe that, does not profit, right? They've been deceived as well. And so, like, even a lot of the Messianic Jews, right, like, like for instance, I heard one of the guys, uh, you know, Israeli News Live guy, he even admit that one of the blacks could be one of the tribes of Israel, right? He mentioned that, but that they are too. That can't be true, right? They can't be Israel, and this black African nation be Israel as well, Right? Now, unless you look at it from their viewpoint of converting to the religion. See, a lot of them won't admit that it's about conversion. Yeah, and I, I agree. I'm starting to see that, too. And what you were saying about the salvation of the Edomites, I'm, I agree with you because uh, Deuteronomy 23, 7 uh, and 8, if anybody wants to go check that out for themselves, uh, Deuteronomy 23, 8 says that the children begotten of them, um, shall enter into the congregation of the Lord in their third generation. So it does, they do have permission to enter into the congregation. And I'm with you, and I believe uh, they can be saved. And we actually, yeah, we've got about five minutes. So let's, let's um, I kind of want to jump forward. There's so much stuff I want to ask and talk about. Let's get to this. Some people have, uh, let's see, made the accusation that the Americans are Esau as well. Do you believe the Americans are Esau or do you believe that the Americans are somebody else under the control of Esau? I, I believe that the Americans or Gentiles, cause, you know, under the control of Esau, because we know for a fact that America is made up of Italians, Irish, you know, uh, all kind of people, right? Now, because of uh, racism, they put in the term white, they put in the term black, where before, you know, the the white man who was Irish would come here and say, well, I'm Irish, and I'm of the Irish clan, right? And they, they, they had this identity. Now America has stripped that away. Now they're American. Same thing with the Italians. And so, um, you know, they're different people, obviously. But they've been brainwashed to think that white is a race, and they're not. And so now what you have is this consolidation of whiteness controlled by the Ashkenazi Jews to persecute Israel. 
Yeah, and I, I, I'm agreeing with that because the more I start to research, the more I'm starting to lean towards um, the Chaldeans used in Scripture to describe the Americans, and the Chaldeans seem to be uh, Gentiles. We're going to come back to that later. So let's talk about the foreign aid that we send to Israel, that America sends to Israel yearly. It's billions of dollars a year. Do you believe it's possible that the foreign aid that that America sends now is, is part of the agreement for um, the Ashkenazi to finance the slave trade, sort of like we'll pay for you to get them there, but we want our cut of the profits indefinitely? You know, I never thought of that, Dante, but that, that is really interesting. I can see that. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll 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 finance it, and then we'll you know we'll finance it, right? They finance the whole thing. Now we got to give it back to them, right? We gave y'all the slaves, we sent them there, you know, but now uh, they're paying paying them back. I mean, that, that's a good thought. I think also part of it though is that there's a plan for them to dominate the Middle East, and that Israel was created like uh, one of these uh, Iranian scholars said to be destroyed. That Israel was created as a nation to be destroyed, right? Which is an interesting thought. Now, oh my goodness, I'm going. I uh, wish we had more time, but let's let's go to the last question. So the Bible talks about is uh, Jerusalem being a burdensome stone. In Zechariah twelve three, it says, "And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people." All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all people of the earth be gathered together against it. So what we're seeing right now is they they moved into the land um, in 1948 because they had that deal with England. If they help them win the war, they get the land of Israel. They made an agreement for that because they didn't have any biblical rights to the land. Uh, And ever since they've gone in that land, they've been plagued with war. And not only that, the environment itself is killing them because they have the second highest rate of melanoma in the world. Do you believe that the 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 fact that there's no peace in Israel right now and there's a constant war and then constant environmental issues, do you believe that we're watching the fulfillment of Zechariah 12:3 at all? So this this going to throw many people for a loop, but no I do not. Uh my eschatology has changed a bit. So I believe what's going to happen is that uh after we go back to the land uh, and we're dwelling there without walls or gates, right? The Bible says because of the goods that we have and the gold and the cattle and the people that we will be without walls or gates, that then Ezekiel 38 occurs where they say, hast thou come to take a spoil, right? And, and so if you look at the Septuagint, they say they're coming to take the gold and the silver, right? And so I believe that that Ezekiel 38 is the fulfillment of that after we're back in the land. I think what's happening right now is that they're about to get kicked out of the land by the four carpenters. So uh, that's that's my take, and I could really go into details on that, but uh, I know we don't have a lot of time. All right, yeah, I wish we could get into the four carpenters. Uh, actually, we can get into the four carpenters next time. We'll set something up, and then we'll dive into that. I do want to thank you for coming on because this has been a great discussion. Before you get out of here, let everybody know how to get in contact with you. Okay, if you want to find us, go to YouTube and look for the channel called Tail Ministries. That's T-E-O-T-W Ministries. And underneath there, you have a link to our name site, our Patreon site, if you want to support us. 
you know, it takes a lot to get these studies going, as Dante can tell you. So, you know, uh, we need some help so we can do some more. It's really difficult, right? And then there's a lot of things we want to do to bind us and connect us with Africa. So, All right, awesome. And thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you share this episode. This has been a very insightful episode. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to the new BHITB Twitter Use hashtag BHITB. You can pull up a bunch of stuff on Twitter and Facebook if you have not seen some of the studies. Um, There's a study on Edom on the Black History in the Bible website. Uh, There's a study on the Gentiles. And there is a study on the Chaldeans coming and also one on the Synagogue of Satan. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you do that so you don't miss anything. And make sure you tune in uh, to the next, next episode of the BHITB podcast. So until next time, I'm out.